Over the last two decades, I've been on a quest to learn everything I can about leadership, obsessed with what makes the best leaders so good. After running companies small and large for the last 20 years, today I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo, and I'm your host. I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this topic. What makes the best leaders so good? Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading other people better. So I uh, recently, as many of you know, I moved into a new place and um, uh, had to do the first like shopping. You know, you got an empty fridge and I got to get a whole bunch of stuff. And I took my daughter, Skye, and my my niece, Lily, and we had a little shopping excursion at the uh, new shopping center down the street Um, and went in there, you know, for what I thought was going to be a few staple items like, okay, let's just get the basics of what we need to get going. Well, before you know it, I'm looking at two full shopping carts full of stuff. I mean, like everything, you know, you could possibly imagine in this supermarket, in this food store. And, and I'm mostly to blame for that because I'm realizing as I'm going through this, this store, I am starving. Like I, I know you've been there, you go shopping and you're starving at a supermarket. That is the worst time in the world to go. So uh, everything looks fantastic. I just, all these items that I had not planned on getting, I'm like, okay, well that, yeah, definitely. You know, stuffed peppers. Absolutely. How could you pass by stuffed peppers? They're phenomenal. So all this kind of stuff ends up in my cart. We get to the front. The girl is checking us out. And I am looking at this register and I'm seeing numbers I've never seen at a food store before. I mean, I never knew you could spend this much. And the number keeps creeping up, creeping up. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say how much it ended up being because it truly is embarrassing. But it was several hundred dollars, like literally. And, and you know, several, several hundred. It was crazy. So... Uh, she rings us up. She gives me the total. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, where did that come from? I don't even know. Like, was there, did we buy something like a piece, you know, an electronic, you know, a TV, a camera? I mean, like, was there something in there I didn't even see? She hands me the receipt. Sure enough, it's everything that we had put in the car. And I said, okay, well, I mean, we must be like the biggest bill you've ever seen here, right? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, no, I mean, seriously, are we the biggest bill you've ever seen here? She's like, yeah, actually, I've never seen a bill this high here. I'm like, really? What? We are the, we are, we are the, I mean, I'm a competitive person. I like to win stuff, but that's not a competition I want to win. So needless to say, yeah, I mean, I guess we set some kind of record at uh, this Harris Teeter and uh, I'm like, okay, do we get like our picture on the wall or like a plaque or something or some kind of special VIP you know, card or a medal, I don't know, something, I mean, at least something to show, you know, there's some joy in this, but there wasn't, no, there wasn't, just the bill, so, any event, I just realized that was a dumb thing, I did the uh, cardinal rule, which you know, when you go shopping, you don't go food shopping when you're starving, I was famished, I mean, like, not even hungry, I was famished, you know, recipe for disaster, but, you know, what it made me realize is there's so many times where we do things that we know we're not setting ourselves up for success. Like, we know that's going to be a disaster because I shouldn't be going to the supermarket when I'm hungry. I shouldn't be going without a list. There's easy things you can do to make sure you avoid those kind of disasters. And 
what this is all about, and leaders have this job, is you got to put the odds, you got to stack the odds in people's favor, in your organization's favor. You got to do the little stuff that's going to help tilt the thing in your direction. You can't guarantee success. We can't control an outcome, but we can definitely influence it. And that's a stupid, silly, dumb, dumb example. But you know, when you take a look at it in a broader sense, there's tons of ways this concept applies. You know, I think about you know another example. My training partner and I, Jeff, we map out our our workouts for the whole week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we know you know six thirty, seven a.m. Bang, we know what we're doing. Uh, we don't even have to think about it. And the reason why that's important because I cannot tell you how many mornings we've showed up and one of us or both of us is tired. We're not in the mood. We're not feeling the energy. We don't want to do squats or, you know, heavy bench press or whatever it is that's lined up for that day. And you know what? Had we left it up to us to make that decision that morning, there is no way we would have put that on the agenda, right? So there's a lot of times we look at that workout plan and we're like, ah, what were we thinking? I didn't want to do this today. So had we left it up to that day, our workouts would have sacrificed But because we're smart and we took the decision-making out of it for that morning, we did it on Sunday, mapped it out for the whole week, our workouts are better. So again, we put the odds in our favor of doing things that are going to help us and ultimately get a successful result. I see people do this all the time. And and if you think about, this is decision-making, right? I go to the supermarket, I'm making decisions. I go to the gym, I'm making decisions. Do I go to the gym? What workout do I do? So how can I influence those positive decisions. You know, I talk about with clients all the time the importance of not letting emotions cloud your decision making. So that's another kind of acid test that I do when I'm making a big decision. Okay, do I have, am I at some kind of emotional state? It doesn't matter if, if it's even a positive emotional state like euphoria or overconfidence or extreme happiness, I'm still probably going to make a bad decision. If I'm in a negative state, like frustrated or angry or stressed or depressed, I'm also going to make a really bad decision. But if I can keep the emotions out of it, then that helps me make better decisions. Again, all this is about increasing the odds that you're going to have a favorable outcome. That's it. It's nothing more than that. It's just what can I do to increase the odds of a successful outcome? So I think about this with three different areas. One is performance. The second is what I just talked about, and that's decision making. And then the third is habits. You know, so let's talk about performance. You know, I know and you know there are times in the day where you might be better at certain things than others. Okay. I know, for example, myself, I'm not as energized in the morning. Okay. I can work out in the morning, but for me to do a presentation or something like that, there's definitely a regimen I've got to go through. If I'm going to do, if I've got a keynote presentation in the early morning, I'm waking up super early. I got a bunch of stuff I do. I visualize, I eat certain things, I exercise. So I've got a whole thing that gets me ready to do what I'm not normally ready to do at eight o'clock or nine o'clock in the morning. When I have a choice, well, I'll structure my day differently. You know, I don't do these podcasts. I'm filming in the afternoon right now because that's where my energy level is the highest. That's where I'm sharpest. Okay, you don't see me doing these things early in the morning. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't like them that much. Uh, But seriously, think about the times that you're most effective. If you're better and sharper and thinking through stuff at a certain point of the day, well, maybe that's your analytic work or creative time uh, or writing time. If you're better in front of clients at a certain point of day, you know, I was working with a client, I was working with a client who structures his day, you know, whenever clients want to meet him and stuff, but his, his uh, effectiveness is not the same. 
I'm like, well, part of working smarter is being able to align where you're strongest with the right tasks, right? So if I've got a big meeting that I'm going to have with somebody or presentation and I've got a choice of when that's going to be, well, let me put the odds in my favor and schedule it at a time where I know I'm going to be the best. Hey, if I know that working out, I'm not a morning person, don't push yourself to work out in the morning. Maybe do it during lunch. Maybe do it during the, in the evening if you're better at the evening. I just want to increase the odds that I'm going to have a successful outcome. Doing it is the most important thing versus not doing it at all. Yet we t- most people forget that and they don't pay attention to that. Athletes all the time. You know, how many how many professional athletes don't have some sort of a ritual or routine that they go through the night before, the morning of an important game. You know, I remember seeing Alex Rodriguez, uh, for those Yankee fans out there, that uh, in uh, Boston when they were playing Boston, and I saw him at the gym. It was 11 o'clock in the morning, and they had a 3 o'clock afternoon game, and he was right on a treadmill right in front of me. And uh, he was running, like, for a while, and then he went over the squat rack and did squats. Now, this is four hours before the game, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, this must be part of his pregame ritual. He's got to work out, right? And that's how he he gets his peak performance. Now to me, that wouldn't make sense. Like, wow, you're doing heavy squats before you got, you know, a big game in a few hours. But obviously for him, that makes sense. Everybody's different. You just got to find out what is what is going to put you in that peak performance state, right? Talk about, uh, you know, food and what you're eating. Um, You know, what are you doing, you know, before a big meeting? You know, do you eat? Do you not eat? Whatever's going to put you in that in that place. The last thing is habits, right? So I've got certain things that I want to do, and then I got certain things that I don't want to do. So the things that I want to do, let's say for example, drinking water. You know, I want to drink a lot of water throughout the day. I'm horrible at it. Well, I know that if I do a morning workout, I'm going to drink at least 50 ounces, maybe 100 ounces in my workout there itself. So right away by, you know, eight o'clock in the morning, I've already done half or maybe even all of my water goal for the day. Uh, I know if I keep my water jug near me and it's around me, now I'm more likely going to take sips of it through the day. If I've got to get up, I got to go get a, get a glass of water, it's going to be a little bit less likely than I'm going to do it. Okay, so again, I just want to stack the odds. When I, if I want to develop a habit of working out, hey, I get my clothes ready the night before. If I'm working out in the morning, it's going to increase my likelihood. How many people want to read more? I see this all the time. You know, we want to read. Uh, we get stuck watching TV. Well, you know, maybe you got to take the TV out of your bedroom, or maybe you got to take the TV away, or maybe you got to put a book next to your nightstand. You know, whatever you got to do, or plug your phone in across the room so that you're not as tempted to look at it at night before you go to bed or first thing in the morning. Um, all these little things are just things that successful people do to increase the likelihood that they're going to have the desired outcome. That's it. Just put the odds in your favor, and that ultimately leads to higher potential of success. Definitely long-term success. Great leaders know this. What do you need to do for your organization that's going to put the odds in your favor? Okay, How can you help this individual or this team operate a little bit more effectively? What are the obstacles get in the way? What are the things that might pave the way for better communication? What are the things that might make it easier for people to talk to each other? What might be good questions you could ask that might bring up some healthy conflict? right? I just want the odds to go in our favor. What might be some good uh, training or development that might increase the likelihood that somebody's going to grab onto a concept and run with it? What marketing can we do that's going to put the odds in our favor of getting noticed, 
what time period or, or urgency is going on right now or opportunities where there's a window of opportunity that might be closing and what can we do to kind of put the odds in our favors. Great leaders are constantly asking themselves that question. Again, it's not about flipping a switch and going from failure to success. All it is is trying to move the needle 1%. If I can do something that's going to put the odds in our favor, just 1%, then I'm moving in the right direction. And that's it. You do that over an extended period of time, your high, your likelihood of success goes up dramatically. So I uh, hope this was helpful. A couple of quick anecdotes. Uh, but again, three things you're trying to impact. Performance, habits, and decision-making. All these little things can ultimately put those odds in your favor. All right? I've said odds in your favor more than enough during this podcast. So you know what I'm talking about. Keep liking, keep subscribing, keep sharing, keep commenting. Give me your good ideas and have a great day. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader for suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching. Reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P dot com. Thanks. Lead on.